Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. (laughs) What's left of Conference USA? They were like... Picking up like high schools in North Carolina last time I checked or something. SI's Ross Dillinger. I'm cooking a tomahawk ribeye tonight on the grill. Maybe I'll just put it in the blender and see what happens. And SI's Pat Forty. Nebraska people, they're like elephants. They never forget anything. And they're very happy to live in the past, mostly because the past is a lot better than the present. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. And uh, I got to tell you guys, uh, you know, just for the fun of it, I went back and listened to Scott Frost's introductory press conference at the University of Nebraska. Mm. <laughs> That's quite an artifact. <laughs> I mean, it's on YouTube. Not that hard to find. Didn't have to dig it up. This wasn't like, you know, getting like Mac Brown's first one or whatever. Who's the oldest coach now? Is Mac Brown the oldest yeah, coach? Yeah, I think so. 75, 74, I think so. Solich, Solich retired at Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Mac, okay. yeah. Saban's now extended till 79. I hope for his sake he's not coaching at 79. But well, that's true. Although if anyone could do it. Yeah, I'm not ruling not it out. Not a great idea. I'm not ruling it out. Not a great idea, but I don't want to, you know, don't hold it against him. Jeez. But anyway, Scott Frost uh, took over Nebraska. And this press conference was... Uh, I mean, they're always positive, right? And they got the they got the boosters there cheering, and there were a hundred lettermen that met him at the weight room. And everything looks great, but I mean, man, was this a revival? Nebraska had lost its way; had been bumbling about with different coaches. It had the aforementioned Frank Solis doing a fine job, but nine wins wasn't good enough. Then it had Bo Pelini, and like nine wins wasn't good enough. Then it had a variety of moves, and 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 it finally they 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 were able to lure Scott Frost back. He had he had been a two year starter from Lincoln. His mom had been the track coach there. He li- said he literally grew up on the campus. He had led them to a national title as a quarterback, gone thirteen and zero. He'd gotten into coaching. He had led Oregon to the as offense coordinator to the national title game. He had taken over an 0-12 UCF team and led them to, at the time of this press conference, 12-0, but soon to be 13-0. Everybody wanted them. They got them, and they were quite excited, as they should be. And Scott was excited, and and he talked about just as long as he had this one line in there. He says, uh, it's my hope that returning this to its roots and maybe me coming back, we can get that passion pointed in the right direction. When that happens at the University of Nebraska, this is the best place in the country to be. Uh, He did stuff like they asked him if he had a worry about it. I don't have a worry because I know we're going to do things the right way. We're going to do things in a way that people in Nebraska will be proud of. We will not win every game I coach here. We're going to lose a few. We might make some mistakes, but I know the people are going to be behind what we are doing here because we're going to make going everything the right way do things with the right moral compass in a way that are make Nebraska proud. And there was just great confidence in all of that. And I would uh, say that in many ways they have done all that. There is unity. <laughs> a different kind <laughs> of unity, lacking. perhaps. <laughs> There's also four and eight, five and seven, three and five, three and nine. Yeah. And now the start this week, uh, playing Northwestern in Ireland. Pat, 
What the hell happened? I'm not 100% sure. I've, I mean, I'm surprised. I've thought, I thought Scott Frost would work well. You know, I, I mean, I thought it was a great hire. Florida was interested in Frost. Uh, some other people were, too. He was a hot, hot commodity, and they paid a ton of money to bring him home. And, you know, whatever he had going for him at Central Florida, I don't know whether, whether Mackenzie Milton made him a great coach or some of the other guys there, uh, Shaquem and Shaquille Griffith on defense, but it has not translated at all. They have been sloppy, error-plagued, can't win a close game. He, I looked this up today. He's 5-20 and 20 at Nebraska in one-score games. Like, if it's close, they'll blow it. That, that, was, that was all of last season. They just found ways to blow games. So I am very surprised he's in this instant in this situation. I'm also surprised he's getting a fifth year after four straight losing seasons. Very few places in the Power Five are going to give you that, especially at a place with Nebraska's history and expectations. So we'll see if he can turn it around. Northwestern was very bad last year. Uh, they trucked Northwestern. One of their few wins last year was just killing Northwestern. So maybe they get off to a good start for once and build on that. But it's it's pretty shocking to me. Well, that's a wild stat. Five and was it five and twenty in one score games? Yeah. And he's yeah. lost twenty nine games in four years. So twenty of his twenty nine losses came by one score. That's it's incredible. They have they have played some really close games, and for whatever reason, the fourth quarter either have a dumb turnover or a dumb penalty or two, and uh, just don't come out on top. But you know, when he was hired, I, I feel like there are a few of those coaching hires that. When they happen, you're like, okay, that that's going to work. Like, that's man, it's as close as the guarantee as you can get. That one strikes me as one of them. So does like Tom Herman at Texas. Like, it struck me as God, it's close as guarantees you can get. And they just it it can the coaching hiring cycle whole thing uh, continues to teach us that it is a crapshoot. That it is just that we don't nothing. The athletic directors know nothing. Nobody knows anything. It's just a roll of the dice except for like three people who you could hire and automatically uh, know that it's going to work. So it's it's just that that one was. That one felt like a guarantee. And, and for whatever reason, it hasn't, it hasn't worked out. And I, you know, I was shocked too that he's getting a, a fifth year. And I'm shocked to hear from people up there that if they win eight or nine games even, you know, uh, even getting maybe to that eight eight win mark that he will probably still you know stick around and and uh, so I guess that's uh, quite uh, like like Dan said that's uh, his opener was about commitment and all staying together it, they do seem to be on the Scott Frost train they want this team to work yeah it, it, oh I, I think I think they I mean they still love him and look losing shouldn't make you not love him but. You know, he had decent recruiting right away. He has not lately. Um, they're still behind him. And I think Nebraska, you know, I think Nebraska has had such a long run of waiting for something good to happen. And then the passion is so intense. They've sold out the first three games of this year. Um, so that's coming off of, you know, consecutive or basically four straight losing seasons. And they're still going to sell out every game. It's our, They're already sold out. It's like the fans... At some point, the program is just the fans have each other, right? They don't have a whole lot other than each other. That's a good way but to put it. He's one of them. And so he talked. He fits. He obviously has not gotten enough talent, but he's gotten enough talent to be in all these games. I mean, they played Oklahoma and Ohio State and Michigan all really well last year and just can't put it away. So I don't know what it is. One thing's interesting. You brought up other people wanting them. That that. 2017 end of the year coaching carousel yielded three of those hires that I think all of us thought, okay, that's going to work. One was Scott Frost in Nebraska. The other was Dan Mullen at, at Florida. Yeah. Comes over from Mississippi state where he'd already been successful and had already worked in Florida. So, I mean, how is that not going to work? And then Chip Kelly at UCLA where he's coming back to the PAC 12 where he'd been super successful at Oregon and now was sitting on all the players he was always trying to get out of Los Angeles. And none of them have worked. 
And Florida interviewed all three. <laughs> yeah, sure did. They were all three in the Florida search. Yeah, that was a crazy, yeah. that was a crazy search. And yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I guess you could say that Dan worked the best as far as records and in division titles in he's the first one to be fired. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's wild. And he was the third choice at Florida, right? I know Ross did a great story on, on that search was uh, last year, the year before. I don't mm-hmm. remember. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they really wanted Chip Kelly. I think they were a little more lukewarm on Frost, but, but if Frost had said yes, they probably would have snapped up Frost. Uh, but, in, but Dan Mullen gets the job and yeah, I mean, everybody thought Dan Mullen was great there. And then I don't know. I still think like, during the pandemic, Dan Mullen just kind of lost his mind, it seemed like to me. It was like he just kept saying and doing weird stuff. And then it almost seemed like he didn't even want to be the coach at Florida. And finally, you know, he wasn't the coach at Florida. Uh, and it is surprising. Chip Kelly is at least going the right way, right? I mean, his records are getting better. It took, it's taken a long time, longer than anybody expected. But they're going the right way at UCLA. Scott Frost hadn't, hadn't been able to turn the corner yet. The weird part was, yeah, I mean, Mullen starts 10 and three and 11 and two and then eight and four during COVID and it did start really falling apart, but they did win the division. Yeah. And then last year it just starts going sideways and there was not patience and he had not, he was not recruiting well, uh, at least to the level of Georgia. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And he wasn't, he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't saying wise or smart things publicly to you know, yeah. especially about recruiting. Yeah. He really stepped in it a, a few times. And it's almost like I, I compare what like his 2021 kind of to Ed Orgeron's 2021. Like they they both it seemed like in a way that they both were kind of like, eh, you want to pay me everything to leave? Go ahead. And they did. Yeah, they did. It combined yeah. what? Like uh, 27 million dollars or, or 17 seven no ed got 17 and dan got around maybe 10 pat do you remember i don't know something like that eight I, to 10. I don't recall but it was uh, plenty so i mean yeah 25 million dollars between them or so so i think they're okay they're doing good yeah they're fine yeah i don't know maybe this ran out of gas chip kelly has been a weird recruiter very and i mean he was dreadful the first three years at ucla three and nine four and eight three and four and then eight and four and and his, and much of that eight and four, you know, breakthrough season was because they beat Ed Orgeron at LSU. <laughs> yeah, right. Established some momentum there. Right. But I don't think they're firing him. I don't still think there's that passion there. I mean, you could you can rank the passion play there that Mullen got canned with a winning record and the other two of losings, but he has at least have the eight and four. Uh, I remember, you know, kind of the the big thing was Harbaugh got hired, you know, a little before Frost, but there was the how come Scott Frost and Harbaugh can't make it work? And the Harbaugh people would rightfully push back and say, hey, hold on now. Yeah. <laughs> We're winning nine, ten games a year here. Yeah. We ain't winning yeah. no three. Yeah. Okay. So – uh, we didn't beat Ohio State, but uh, we're not we're not totally stepping in it here, and we're recruiting your Rashawn Garys and your Aiden Hutchinsons and your guys that are going to do this. So, uh, totally different ball game. But I don't know. I don't know what I, I will say. This Frost I, to me has not lost any of that passion. Uh, if you listen to him this summer, uh, you listen to him this week. He's fired up. He says sounds like the same guy. He's ready to roll. He th- loves his team. I don't know. Maybe this whole culture or you know the whole concept just doesn't work if you keep making those little mistakes or they're just lacking the game breaking who can we win with guy that can take them over the top and I don't know if they have that uh this year I mean there's always the belief of how does Nebraska ever win how the hell did they win in the past right uh you know they won because pre-television your budget was defined uh, in large part by how many tickets you sold. And so they had a huge budget yeah, and they had better stuff and they invested in weight rooms and possibly stuff that aids people in weight rooms. <laughs> uh, possibly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And they did things like, I remember they, you know, uh, like they got guys to stick around the summer stuff that now just isn't natural, right? No one ever goes home. 
but they get them summer jobs around around uh, Nebraska or the, or the guys would, you know, apply on their own and just happen to get a job. Um, and I'm sure they showed up for every hour that they were paid. <laughs> but, you know, they had all of that. They had this culture and they was winning. And then they were able to supplant that with some skill players and they made it work. But since they've gone to the Big Ten, they haven't been any good. And um, they're the, the ultimate cautionary tale for these 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 conference movers. You, yeah, you're going to make some money. But um, but they're they're just you know they don't have an Indomitian Sue, let alone the Johnny Rogers kind of players anymore. Oh no, and uh, they they need some game breakers somewhere that can make something happen. And I I don't know if this is it. I don't know if they can get there. Um, but they still have this guy that if you listen to that press conference today, you'd be like, yeah, it's the right guy. This is a hail mary season for Frost, and they approached it that way. I mean, he totally tore up his staff. They went to the portal. You know, they are they are trying everything they can to get to a winning record. And it I mean, it it'll be fascinating. I talked to some folks, Big Ten Media Day, no Nebraska Media. They say six and six, he's gone. Seven and five is kind of the breaking point. Eh, maybe, maybe not. If he's better than seven and five, yeah, they're they're probably keeping him. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they they brought in Casey Thompson, quarterback from Texas, who had some some good games and some bad games at Texas. Then it turned out he was playing with a, like a torn-up thumb most of the season. He got that surgically repaired. Frost says he's throwing it great now in August here. Uh, but everybody always looks great in August. Uh, we'll see what that translates to. They're just, you know, this is a – we've talked about it on the podcast. I think these first four games are absolutely vital for Frost and starting – Boy, I mean, the, the most important game ever played in Ireland, right? I mean, in terms of a guy's coaching future, I don't know if you can fire somebody in uh, August, but they're there, and then they come home for two. They should absolutely win against North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and then they host Oklahoma, and that'll be a big yardstick. That's a game, obviously, still means a lot to people in Nebraska because Nebraska people, they're like elephants. They never forget anything, and they're very happy to live in the past, mostly because the past is a lot better than the present. And playing Oklahoma riles up people in Nebraska. So bringing the Sooners into Lincoln, even if there's no red helium balloons, will be a big, big Saturday for for Frost and for Nebraska. You know, Nebraska, there's a lot of the programs out there that all their their good stuff that happened to them is is 15 to 20 years ago. And there's a group of those teams. And Miami, you know, is one of them. And maybe Tennessee is another and some would even say USC although that they have a more recent success and then there's Texas too with with so like all these teams uh and you know I kind of wrote about this a couple of weeks ago but like uh all these key teams also have another similarity they have gotten into the NIL game better than anybody and their collectives have been as ambitious as any other collectives in Nebraska is the same they've raised a lot of money and I think they've distributed around 4 million dollars this past year to athletes uh mostly i'm sure mostly football players and, and basketball players and you wonder if if all that money is going to turn into turn into wins all that nil cash is going to turn into wins and we'll see the the texas the texas a&m's the tennessee's usc's miami's and the nebraska's they've they've all done it they've all done it more ambitious than pretty much everybody else so we'll, we'll see if it turns into victories on the field so do you think they're going to recruit better because they haven't yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, uh, for them, it's uh, it's coming. Like, right? what are you, you're you're really tied into a lot of the NIL talk. Like we've we've said even before NIL went full collective. Like this is the place that will benefit the most. Yeah. Fan passion, ergo money, and an aggressive dollar, not the not the waterfall in the locker room dollar. Nebraska's got it, and even just legit. The truly legit commercial. The, the Adrian Martinez is the biggest star in Nebraska the last four years. Yeah, because was, if you're the starting quarterback, you're the in Nebraska. You are the hero of a state, and you can do legit ads. What the coldest has got that uh, that air conditioning? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, that's the greatest nil deal yet. Terrific. The coldest Crawford is the guy's name, and so he's he's repping an air conditioning company. It's beautiful. And and enough people around the state of Nebraska know that they have a guy named DeColdest on their team. Yeah. And it's funny and it works. So that's, legit, you know, his, that, whatever he's getting paid, that is truly what NIL. But even if it's the shadow NIL, inducements, 
guardrails. <laughs> Nebraska should have that. So money solves the distance problem because their problem is you can't get enough great athletes in the state of Nebraska, let alone Iowa and Missouri and all that. And those other programs are doing fine. I mean, if you're just a kid growing up in Iowa, you're looking and going, well, the really consistent, solid place that wins and churns out players to the NFL is in Iowa City and in Lincoln. And so, I, you know, I don't know. Are you hearing that they're even more active with players up and down the uh, up and down the roster there? Or, uh, you know, because it's not panning out in who's committing right now. They're like 14th in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, I just looked up some of their recruiting rankings. Their, their current class is 44th nationally zero five stars two four stars and then of course last year's class i think was uh like 44 like finished like 44th so knowing what they're doing with nil it does actually surprise me that they're they're not better in that category i feel like they got they did pluck a few portal guys i mean casey's one i guess casey thompson's one but i do feel like they plucked some some portal players i feel like they they got a guy from LSU as well, but yeah, receiver, I think. Yeah. yeah, you're, you're right. The, um, the commitment list is, is not pretty. And you got to wonder when that's going to change because all these NIL collectives at these schools that we were just talking about, you know, they are doling out money to current players, hoping that recruits see that and sign with them. And it's working at a lot of those places. You know, we, we see Miami, has signed an incredible like portal class and uh, transfer. They're getting the transfers, and A and M signed the best class in the history of college football this past year. And Tennessee signed a pretty good class and is getting incredible transfers. And USC's whole team seems like it's high four and five star transfers out of the portal. So Texas signed a great class and, and signed like the best offensive lineman class that we've seen in a while. So it's happening at these other places. It's it's actually weird that it's not happening at Nebraska where they are spending some pretty good money on NIL. I just I wonder if uh if recruits just figure that it's a it's a dead staff, you know, that and maybe maybe if I mean if they do turn turn it this year, they get a winning record, then maybe the NIL stuff really gets the train rolling after this, but there might be a wait and see situation for recruits. Yeah, cuz all those other schools no nobody no none of those coaches are like on the on the hot no. seat. A lot of those are new coaches, you know, first yeah. year coaches. Yeah, that that might be it. I mean, that's and it's still gonna play a role, but it just seems like you know, look, if they had gone out and gotten one of these guy one of these top quarterbacks that perhaps, you know, NIL played a big role in, you know, Nika I am is going to from California to Tennessee, Dante Moore's going from Detroit to to Oregon as other reasons to take those jobs. But let's say they get one of those guys. Frost is sitting in a lot different situation right now because he's got something to point to and he can't point to the recruiting. And and it, I'll put it this way. If I'm on the right now, they are very unified at Nebraska. I do believe that. But if I'm doling out money and we're sitting there getting beat and recruiting by by uh, I mean, right now, they're behind Purdue. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a you know, I don't know. If I got a big lot of corn. I'm a corn magnet. <laughs> I'm dropping my money on players and we ain't getting them. Not too happy about it. So big game, obviously this weekend, Nebraska. And and I think we've discussed this before, but this, this schedule, uh, I need to mention some of it. I mean, it, it's taught it's, it's back heavy, back loaded uh, yep. Minnesota on the fifth Minnesota could very well win the big 10 West. And then at Michigan, Wisconsin at Iowa. Yeah. They don't play four. a don't play a true road game till October seventh. I mean, they've got right. a chance to get off to a good start. No Ohio State, no Penn State on this, right? right? So from the from the east, they get Rutgers and uh, and and Michigan. So they they've got a chance. Uh, they can get rolling, but they better get rolling and 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 deal with that that Oklahoma thing. Quick quick game of would you eat it from what it was a terrific Max Olson piece at the athletic on uh, Adrian Martinez mm. mm-hmm. who, who transferred to Kansas state, which I did not know. One of the big reasons is his girlfriend is a soccer player at Kansas state. Hey. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was like, he's K state. It's kind of interesting switch. Now I'm like, ah, oh, I got you. <laughs> nice. Good job. Little did they know we'd pick up a great football uh, player. Uh, so he had a, a broken jaw last year. 
uh, which uh, has been news that's been out. But uh, after the surgery, he could not, or after he first broke it, whatever, he could not chew. So he's on a liquid diet and he was losing weight. Uh, And so here is the question. He adjusted to an all-liquid diet before settling on routine heavy on eggs and protein shakes. Uh, So then apparently got a little bored of that. So he, quote, tried blending a steak (laughs) and consuming it like oatmeal. Blending Uh, a steak. This is such a Nebraska thing if he just put some (laughs) corn in there. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, it was one of the worst things he's ever eaten. He tried again adding... Uh, au jus and olives <laughs> to the recipe <laughs> didn't oh. help. He said, "No, that seemed uh, to make it a lot worse." Oh my goodness! Blending a steak, <laughs> liquid steak. <laughs> what the f is that? I'm, I'm I mean, co- I'm cooking a tomahawk ribeye tonight on the grill. Maybe I'll just put it in the blender and see what happens. Don't. <laughs> no, do not. <laughs> Honor the honor the cow. <laughs> That's it's not the worst thing I've heard about people eating this week or drinking. If you we we all saw that the person who used a hot dog as a straw, right? But still, I think a, a liquid steak sounds absolutely horrifying. I I could not do it. I would not try to do it. But God love him for for at least thinking he he would like a steak. I can understand that, but not in liquid form. How de- how much do you crave a steak that you would eat it? I mean, I, did that is that dawned on anyone ever? <laughs> did Adrian Martinez invent something? He might have. That might be his claim to fame. Forget quarterbacking. He's, he's been rather up and down at that. Uh, but the the he might have broken a new culinary ground with with the blended steak. Then he goes like beat Bobby Flay and just throws some olives in there. It's got to be like a Calabrian <laughs> chili or something with Bobby Flay, but. Like yeah. somehow makes it work, right? Like tries to tries to, well, that didn't work, but I'm not giving up on the blended steak. <laughs> why? Yeah, what? I mean, like if you're gonna put something in, why olives? Why? Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird choice. I would think, yeah, maybe more like some barbecue sauce. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna say no one would eat it. Anyone want to eat that? No, no. Mm-mm. I'm gonna take Adrian's word for it. Yeah. It's state fair time at Kentucky, and I know they've got some weird stuff on the menu, but they do not have blended steak to the best of my life. Yeah. Well. USC uh, USC had a, a linebacker. Shoot, you know, he ended up playing. He's probably still plays in the NFL, and uh, his name is escaping me. I met with him like three or four years ago out in L.A., and he, he was on, to, in order to consume meals quickly and consume more of them, he would blend everything. In, in it, he never talked about steak, but he blended chicken, chicken breast, and he oh. blended sweet potatoes as well. And so this shake would it would be this orangey type greenish looking color. And no kidding, and he showed me this. He ate so many blended sweet potatoes that the bottom of his feet and his palms started turning oh, orange, yeah. which <laughs> is a thing if you eat a lot of sweet oh, potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> Along those lines, and I promise not to hijack the whole podcast here, but our oldest son was born. He was he he got low Billy Rubin count, as they said. And so he had to sleep in a suitcase with a light on him, and then we had to feed him the Gerber sweet potatoes. And he, eventually his nose turned the, the tip wow. of his nose turned orange. Porter yeah. Gustin was the USC line. There you go. Porter, Porter Gustin. Yep. Yes. Yes. He's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. Also earlier in the pod, I said that poor I said that Mac Brown, poor Mac Brown, said that he was seventy four. He turned seventy one later uh, later this week, actually. So I, I was yeah. off by a few years, but he still is, I believe, the oldest coach, right ahead of Nick Saban, and then uh, yep. they're both ahead of Herm Edwards, I think, barely. That's the pecking order, I believe. Okay, old coaches. They had a uh, they had this show. ESPN two had the show uh, on a Tuesday night portraits. Seen this thing? No. It's kind of nice. They spent like a half hour with Mac Brown, like mm. Mac and Sally. Sally said, I wasn't going to take the job. Sally said, let's do it. <laughs> I can't do much without Sally. Sally, she compliments me. <laughs> Sally said, Sally said, throw the ball. It was, it was good, though. It was good. They were showing yeah. all these wow. super cool uh, Carolina swag, like the Nike gear, the Jordan mm. brand. Mm-hmm. And how he's got stuff that you can't buy and all this. It's kind of Mac Brown, like Mac uh, Jones and out about like sneakerheads. 
Hey, there's few people uh, really who's better at being more charming in a half hour oh, hour sit down than Mac Brown. He is he is he is the nicest man. I was going to see him once when he's at Texas, and I was down in San Antonio, and I'm driving up to Austin. You know, supposed to be there at a you know eleven o'clock. We're gonna meet, so I'm I left early. Like I'm gonna be there by whatever ten, right? Park all that, give plenty of time, hang out with the SID and stuff like that. And a a eighteen wheeler full of sand. <laughs> Seriously, a eighteen wheeler, which I, I this is how I heard it. Tips over, jackknifes and tips over on that highway. What is it? I thirty five. Oh whatever. yeah, oh yeah. And we come to a stop. <laughs> like we're not there's no like getting around it we're just all parked people are getting out of the cars and they can't see like we're backed up and they've got to get this thing tilted up and then they got to move the sand or something so i'm screwed so i yeah. call up there and i'm like i, I don't know right like i'm <laughs> sorry I, I hate to be late it's embarrassing but i'm i'm i'm, I'm screwed right <laughs> so John Bianco, their great SID, is like, okay, yeah, I'll tell Mac. So I'm sitting there, just, you know, nothing to do, sitting there. And all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, the phone rings and it's, and it's Mac. And he's like, it's like, we're, we're watching this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Channel 6 copter over. <laughs> Holy hell, look at all that. <laughs> he probably didn't even say hell. No. Look at all that sand. <laughs> you see, you just get up here when you get up here, Dan. Don't worry about it. I'll make some time for you. You know, about 80% of the coaches have been like, uh, F you, come back next month. Yeah, I don't care about right. you saying, you know. He's like, you're stuck. There only one way. Only one. I was like, this is the nicest guy ever. I'm like, this is not working. At so, media I appreciate it. I got there. I got there. We had a nice visit. Had a nice Tell you visit. what, nowadays. We're visiting with you. Nowadays, I-35 is a parking lot, when even when there is not a jackknife truck. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's a disaster in Austin. Leave plenty of time. Leave yeah. plenty of time. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Uh, the other really interesting, I don't know about really interesting game this weekend, but <laughs> we're going to go with it. We're going to over It's week over zero hype. interesting, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the old phrase, yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, week zero interesting. When there's two girls in the bar, you know, the second best looking <laughs> girl is automatically pretty good looking because there's only two, right? Uh, you got, you go. got that. Right. Right. Low quality uh, creates uh, high quantity, I guess. High like demand. That. Yeah. High Whatever. demand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Supply and demand. And the supply is Wyoming's at Illinois. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to pick these. I don't think we're, we're the race for the case starts next week. Uh, we should at least pick Nebraska Northwest. All right. Nebraska Northwestern. Uh, well, we could pick them, I guess. I don't yeah, let's pick. Let's pick like three games. Okay. Let's well, we'll, we'll, we'll pick them at the end. We'll yeah. Pick them at, yeah the end. at the end. After yeah. this. This is a, this is the, the serious in-depth discussion. <laughs> Can we close it up with picks? The, the planning, the planning again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, it's not that bad. I'm kind of excited for some of these. Anyway, Wyoming's at Illinois. Illinois is uh, given 11 on that. Brett Bielema is the coach at Illinois, as we all know, uh, trying to get it going. We all think that's a what we did last year. I don't know if we'll speak for Ross. Thought that was a pretty pretty solid hire by the Illini, but this is not going to be an overnight thing. Uh, he signed one of my favorite recruiting classes of all time, the most Brett B recruiting class. It had seven offensive linemen and three tight ends in it. <laughs> Half the class. That coach ground and pound. Terrific. That's his class. <laughs> Terrific. Man. What you what you going for there, Roach? <laughs> uh, tremendous group. We'll see. A lot a lot of potential. Seven offensive linemen, three, and uh, I don't know. Did he get a quarterback in this group? I don't know. I don't think he. Yeah, he got a quarterback. Oh yeah. He doesn't need a quarterback. He doesn't need a quarterback, Dan. Yeah. It'll be fine. One, court, one QB, a couple. It was like the Cliff Kingsbury where he signed 24 guys and 19 of them were on offense. 
<laughs> when he was at Texas Tech. Might want to go a little heavier there on the uh, D line, there, Coach. I don't know. Yeah, sh- shockingly, he yeah. was fired and went basically six and six every year. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He, he was kept losing sixty three to fifty six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yet Patrick Mahomes and couldn't win anyway. At least he doesn't do the drafting in Arizona. Yeah. Any observation you have on on Illinois football, and and it's quite possibly. Uh, the last time we mentioned Illinois football this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I went to the opener last year against uh, Nebraska. And they it, beat them. It was a yes, big win. I mean, we, we declared it a, a huge moment for Illini. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm, not huge so moment. Nah, they went five and seven. But uh, that was the thing is like, okay, they were five and seven, but their wins were all like they, that one was just kind of a throwaway win against Charlotte. But you beat Nebraska. You upset them in your first game of your tenure there. Get people very excited. Uh, you win at Penn State in that just disastrously horrible nine-overtime debacle where nobody could gain two yards when they had to just go to two-point conversions, and it was just like, no, 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 and then finally somebody got two points. They won at Minnesota. Big upset. There were two-touchdown underdog there, and then you beat your in-state rival, if it's such a thing, at Northwestern. You pound them at the end of the season, so that's like like if you're going to go five and seven, that's a pretty good way to do it. And and their their losses touchdown to at home to UTSA, yeah, which everyone was upset about, but that was a great San Antonio team, right? Uh, they lost by three to Maryland and four to Purdue, yeah, and a touchdown to Rutgers, right? Uh, you know, you swing that around, and we got a whole different ball game. Just yeah. those three. Forget yeah. the t- yeah. San Antonio. Yeah, they were in every game except really two. You know, they were pretty much yeah. in right there in every game. Uh, Wisconsin, yeah. I think, wait, Wisconsin took it to them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they like couldn't move the ball at all. Yeah, in Virginia. But they could really – you see their schedule this year. I mean, legitimately, they could start 4-0, and heading 4-0 and into a game at Wisconsin. You know, Wyoming at Indiana, Virginia at home, and Chattanooga at home. I mean, it'll, yeah. that at Indiana game will be interesting, but um, you know, you could see the the fighting the fighting Bretts uh, start off at four and zero and have an interesting game on October one at uh, Camp Randall. Yeah, they at least they'll they'll have a chance. So they they went they went to the portal for a quarterback. They got Tommy DeVito who had been at Syracuse. They've got Art Sitkowski backing him up, and you know the former Rutgers QB who he came in and actually helped them win that game against uh, Nebraska last year that I was at. You know, we'll see. That they are remaking the offensive line, but that's Brett's specialty. So we'll see if they get the 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 big uglies up front and can actually just run the ball at people. And then we'll see on the other side if they can stop it. They I I they've got a really good defensive coordinator, Ron Walters, who um I think is a rising star and will be a head coach and and he's he's on the way up. So I, you know, I think they've got a chance to at least get to get to bowl eligibility as ross said you got a chance for a hot start possibly before reality hits and and you can you can do some stuff that late october nebraska game kind of stands out as kind of a swing it does so because yeah wisconsin they have a wisconsin iowa minnesota three and then they still got michigan and michigan state and purdue they have michigan state purdue you know but yeah they get the six wins hey that's 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 a nice season for them and uh, I still do uh, do think they're gonna uh, they're probably gonna get there. All right, a few quarterback info. Looks like the backyard brawl, West Virginia Pitt, is really going to be a USC quarterback depth chart battle. <laughs> yes, Keaton Slovis uh, starting for Pitt, JT Daniels starting for we presume has not been announced West Virginia thoughts on the Californication <laughs> of the backyard brawl. Yeah. And, and throw in Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. Oh, and that who, game is not this week. I don't want to get people excited. That no, was not week zero. We would have led with that. Yeah. yeah next yeah. Thursday. Next night. Thursday. <clears throat> yeah. So this might be our best chance to at least to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, the, the QB diaspora from USC, where you had JT Daniels transfer to Georgia and then to West Virginia. Slovis ends up at Pitt, and Jackson Dart ends up at uh, Ole Miss, where he will pr- probably be the starter. I don't know if that's been announced there yet. And Caleb Williams goes in to USC and brings Pitt's wide receiver, 
Jordan Addison with him. So a lot of moving pieces there. You know, I, all these quarterbacks at one point in time looked great, right? I mean, like JT Daniels had a phenomenal yeah. freshman year at USC, and then he hadn't been able to stay healthy. Slovis replaced him after Daniels got hurt the first game of his sophomore year. He looked great. Then he had some arm issues and some uh, some other injury stuff. Uh, and then Jackson Dart stepped in and, and had showed some real flash last year, too. So, I mean, they Clay Helton did a lot of things wrong there, but recruiting quarterbacks was not one of them because they had three different guys that could play. It's hard not to get a good one in Southern California, man. If you're if you're in yeah. Southern California, you should have – you would think you should have a good quarterback. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, this is uh, – you know, this is uh, – you got these Southern California quarterbacks meeting – in Pittsburgh, which like actually historically, Pennsylvania used to be the place to get a quarterback, and maybe still to an extent is, but it, but California like maybe years ago kind of took the quarterback recruiting crown over from I think for a while historically it was Pennsylvania. The intriguing thing about this game too, away from the quarterbacks, is obviously the the rivalry series, which I'm in the middle of writing about, and will be at that game. Uh, but it is just, you know, they haven't played in 11 years, Pitt, West Virginia. And uh, obviously it's the 15-year anniversary of the 2007 game, which uh, has left, uh, still left everyone in that state of West Virginia, all 1.8 million people uh, scarred uh, forever. Uh, it's uh, just calling around, talking about that rivalry series. And that and that game brings out um, quite a bit of emotion. So this one will be slam-packed. It's sold out. I heard that they had just two or three hundred standing room only tickets that sold within. They told me within three minutes of, of the mm. game selling out. So it's um, it'll be quite a scene in uh, not Heinz Field, but whatever it's called now. I'm so glad they're playing, and I think it's awesome as a season opener. You know, yeah. first time in eleven years, and that's one of those rivalries where they they do not like each other, and there are legitimate you know like cultural differences between. Pitt students and West Virginia students and the fan bases and everything. So this is uh, these are the kind of games that I, I am glad to see being played. The Pitt people tell me that in order to get to Morgantown, you have to swing by vines. <laughs> country versus city. I love I love the rivalries of, uh, yeah. of country oh, versus yeah. city. Uh, it's it's great. The city folk and the in the country folk. Disrespecting that. Uh, Public transportation system that we discussed. <laughs> that's right, yeah. That, a couple weeks that, ago. That's yes. state-of-the-art uh, people mover. Yeah, yeah. totally disrespecting that, uh, looking down their nose. Well, look, the big thing to me with this is Pitt and West Virginia have a similar problem is they're basically located in Big Ten country, and they need local kids to want to play at their schools. And those local kids have not just – options but penn state and ohio state options and particularly west virginia is basically western pa they need to play and make these events that some kids are going to say i want to be a part of that because both programs are desperate to keep western pa kids home and Pitt obviously has done an outrageous job at high-end talent staying aaron donald darrell Rivas, stuff like that and just just recently i'm not going to go through the whole list uh, I mean, you go to Marino and all that, but both programs have to get that. And this is how you, you build that, uh, you build that up. It's going to be an event, right? It's an absolute event. The media in Pittsburgh is, is all about it. And a huge scene in the city of Pittsburgh and everyone talking about that is just imperative when you're, when you're basically crunched between these two behemoths of Penn state and Ohio state. So not that they're going to beat those schools for top, top five stars, but maybe you get those guys that pop up for you. I think they figured that out too. That uh, you know, especially, especially West Virginia. I think they figured out you know we got to play some of these neighboring schools and these rivalries and rekindle some of this. You know, they got Maryland on the schedule. They got Penn State on the schedule. I think they open with Penn State maybe next year. They obviously have Pitt uh, for a few more games. They just re-upped. I think uh, four more games with Pitt uh, to kind of keep that that rivalry going. So we're obviously another whole topic of discussion, but we, with realignment and the, the grab for money and media rights deals, we've gotten away from a lot of these geographic kind of cultural matchups and rivalries. And, uh, you know, as, as West Virginia athletic director told me, Shane Lyons, you know, when he first thing he did when he got the job was 
basically give a call to Pitts AD to get this game on the schedule because the closest that a, a West Virginia fan can can drive to get to a conference game is Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. I mean that's always been just the the brutal part of that whole conference well, setup. You at least know? they get Cincinnati now. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yikes. Right. Yep. But yikes. Now that will help them though in in recruiting yeah. Ohio and all of that. I don't know how competitive West Virginia will be in this game, but sure would be good for Neil Brown if they were. Yes, yeah. he needs yeah. it. Entering year four and big just treading year. water, exactly five hundred. So. Big year, big chance for a statement. I mean, he did great work at Troy, but uh, hasn't gotten it going yet at WVU. But again, very difficult circumstances for the for the Mountaineers, uh, just conference wise, and and so this is a start of that, and uh, and uh, we will see. Uh, another quarterback uh, announcement, uh, Kalen DeBoer up at Washington announced that Michael Penix Jr. Uh, will be the starter, the Indiana transfer. Uh, had Did some great, great stuff at Indiana. Also got injured, um, but he's had a full offseason to get going. So that's a real kind of uh, X factor, I think. How good is Penix Jr. again? Uh, yeah, huge X factor there. And that, I mean, that's. He was one of the big stories of the pandemic year in 2020. You know, he played so well then for Indiana. He scored the touchdown that Dan Wetzel refuses to acknowledge uh, to well, beat Penn State. His knee got down. His knee ah. got down. A great effort, but no, wasn't a touchdown. The, Penn State won the that The official's game. arms went up in unison and called it a touchdown. So there we go. Uh, Penn State won. <laughs> he, he was phenomenal in defeat against uh ohio state threw for like 490 and five touchdowns you know that whole year he, he just he was outstanding and then yeah he got hurt uh the next year uh, uh, actually yeah in 20 he got hurt at the end of the 2020 season and then got nicked up again in 21 and just was horribly ineffective and so we'll see uh yeah if he can kind of reconjure his career there with Kalen DeBoer, who was the offensive coordinator early in his time at, uh, at Indiana. So they, they might be able to get something going together. Congratulations on or in order for, uh, Nick Saban. He's going to remain employed. You know, <laughs> it's good to see a guy be able to keep his job. Uh, we want employment out there. Uh, he has signed a contract to 2029 as, as Pat noted earlier, I get you to 79 uh, it, it makes him the highest paid coach in the country. Uh, what's the average? 11.3. I think at one year it gets to like 20, 12.3. Yeah. It's similar. At the end. Half, but that'll yeah. be, at the if end. it actually gets to that point. I mean, like if they don't extend them. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Please don't get to that point. Don't, don't and, be and coaching first off, when you're talking about it's hard recruiting. We have not extended our 79 year old. <laughs> 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 so I don't think it's going to get to that. But anyway, Kirby Smart bumped over him to be the uh, the highest paid coach because he beat him, and then Saban now returned favor. So uh, he's the highest paid coach uh, as he as he probably should. Uh, people were a little outraged. Nick Saban is underpaid. Yeah, I mean, look what he's done for that school. Are you kidding? Not the football program, the school. No, the school in the city. Yeah, I mean the whole the yeah. county, the state. I mean everything. Yeah, he 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 actually is probably underpaid. Somebody tweeted, I think it was Darren Ravel tweeted out the, uh, the average, like the tuition, the average tuition for an Alabama student. It's around like 27,000 or something like that. And, uh, Nick Saban makes 28,000 per day, per day. <laughs> that was in state. Yeah. Yeah. In state. So, yeah. so, so 365 kids pay a salary deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it worked. That's one of the dumbest. Uh, that, was yeah, the dumbest. that was that was a silly. <laughs> My stat. head freaking hurt, especially I, 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 like look where look where Alabama's out of state enrollment has gone straight through the roof. And one of the reasons why is hey, it's fun to go to school the down there and watch right. your team kick everyone's ass in right. football. The front we just talked the about it. It's like we talked about it for Bama rush. It's almost yeah, like fifty eight percent out of state. They're paying. First off, it's all athletic money. the The school, the athletic department last year made seven point. I think it was six million in surplus, something like that. And Saban was paid seven point five million. So e even after paying him, they had surplus. Like yeah, you know, uh, something. I don't know what the number was, but it's just the, the whole thing's just painful. The guy's worth like forty million a year to the Alabama, maybe more, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. Not, not even kidding. I mean, yeah. 
It's 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 like when they do the NBA. I remember this with the NBA, like someone being like, "Oh my God, LeBron's making thirty five million dollars," and someone's like, "That guy's worth three hundred and fifty million dollars a year to the NBA." Yeah, <laughs> right. Like Taylor Swift sells out if Taylor, everywhere he goes, they sell out the arena. If Taylor Swift mm-hmm. does that; she makes three hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's the whole thing was like whatever. Saving, uh, well worth the money. Is everybody? Uh, no, not necessarily. And no. the, the, the waste is not in high paying Saban. It's, did you see the Florida, the picture you, you had, you counted up, didn't you? I counted it a hundred and 140 he, support staff versus 116 players were in the photo. Now, Billy Napier's already came out and said, oh, Hey, yeah. we, we, we included everybody, which you had to imagine that they probably did managers, everybody that you maybe wouldn't normally include in a team right. photo, but still, right. Still, there's roughly uh, at least 100, if not 120 or so true support staffers. If you eliminate like the managers and the water boys and all that stuff, uh, there, there's still a ton. And that was his goal going there, right? He, he, I remember him when, when he was at UL and he interviewed for all these big jobs uh, through the years. It was always that he asked for a lot with, with in all these interviews. And a, and a few ADs just kind of like recoiled because he asked for so much and this is what he asked for. He wants he wants a Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, uh, support staff system. He's got it clearly. And that was a, a team photo. The Florida Gator team photo had uh, all these non-players in it. Many of these are well worth it. Sports psychologists, nutritionists, you know, right trainers. All of these things can make a case for all of them. But it shows the growth of this sport is is more on that. I, I don't have either, even not paying the players that didn't bother me now that they get out of the way and, and let them make as much money as they want. I don't, right. I don't see the moral problem with it anymore. It, it, I don't know if I did before, but you could certainly be like, oh, this is ridiculous. Guy's making 12 million. This kid's making tuition, but Bryce Young can go out and make his money. Will Anderson, go make money. You're not, you don't have to pay him, but get out. Don't, don't stop it. The guardrails go away. Right. And this is your solution to never having to pay him. <laughs> right. Don't share the revenue, yeah. but sit there and say, make as much as you want. And so if the boost, if, if Alabama or Ohio state or all these places make all their money on media rights and the players make it all on boosters, Hey, so be it. Sure. I mean, raises all boats, but uh, it is, it's just, it's funny that to think, like, again, you talk to old coaches and like, they really need that many people? Dan, you're probably starting to find out now, uh, you know, when your kids start getting mailers from colleges and they're like, 15 to 1 student to teacher ratio. We have a great, you know, in yeah. Florida football, it's 1 to 1 staff yeah. to player ratio. <laughs> yeah, 1.2 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an enormous operation. It really is. Do they need that many? No. Do they need that many coaches? I mean, I. NFL staffs always crack. I coach the outside linebackers. Like there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You watch hard knocks. You're like, what is that? You get two guys. That's right. Let's see. That's where the I, tight I, ends I, coach, right? There's only look, a couple guys. Like what, the, what are we doing? The recruiting support staff. I, I, I just, every that's time I one. hear. Yeah. But all these guys like, Oh my God, you know, the hard thing about coaching in college, you're just constantly recruiting. Well, are you, you've now hired 23 recruiting assistants to do all the, the mailing and the the Snapchatting and the the TikToking and everything else for you. So how much recruiting are you actually doing? I, I'd like to know. And you know what happens at these places is is a recruiting assistant gets coach's phone, and they're they're the ones a lot of the times DMing oh, yeah. and texting these players. And, Absolutely, you know players oh, yeah. players are pretty ob- oblivious. But I mean, I've I've been in the room while where that happens, where coach coach's phone is handed over to analyst or, or uh, recruiting assistant, <laughs> like a 19-year-old kid, and they're DMing this recruit acting as the coach. It's, yeah, it's insane. College <laughs> sports. Yeah, and and a lot of the recruiting, too, is like images, uh, videos, right? Like, and then the, the operations of these unofficial visits now. Someone's got to polish up the gold throne, all the different stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's absurd. It's absurd. College Sports, Inc., Goes and goes and goes, and that's why you can no longer have USC play in the Pac-12. That's right. Again, like you had this line last week, I think uh, Ross. Like, where's the extra thirty, forty million going? Yeah. Like what? Like yeah. <laughs> what exactly do you need the money for? Yeah. yeah. Right. Better you start already saving have out every of, facility. 
But it starts. I, what are you doing at Iowa? You just got thirty million more. But it starts saving up know. to pay players when uh, when the courts say that they are employees. That's what a lot of ads are thinking. But but put, yeah. but to put well, that somewhere in the bank. Yeah. And meanwhile, the ads are also terrified that the donors will stop donating. Oh no! Yeah, no, no. Well, yeah, they're they're losing a a a revenue fund. All right, this will be the uh, first picks. It's it's a week zero race for the case. If you. Uh, not a regular listener, where the hell you been? But we we do have a contest at the end. Uh, somebody wins a case of beer. That's right. And um, picks against the spread, season totals, season totals. So we'll do a we'll do a a quick one this week. Northwestern at Nebraska. Uh, Cornhuskers giving thirteen and a half. Game is in Ireland. Pat. Yeah, this is this is the race for the non-alcoholic case. You know, like the. O'Doul's? Coors Cutter or whatever. Yeah, O'Doul's. There you go. This is the race for the O'Doul's this week. I think they drink a lot in Ireland. <laughs> well, they certainly do. But since we're like, we have to decide if we're counting these in the standings for the season. That's, that's Oh, the, hell yeah. We'll okay. just pick three, though. Okay. We'll pick three. 13 and a half is a lot, but I'm going to say Nebraska gets untracked, gets going. Uh, Northwestern was such a horrible offensive team last year. I mean, they, they just th- could not throw the ball. They got a running back who can run. They got a really good offensive tackle, maybe the best offensive tackle in college football. Peter Skaronsky could be the could be a first round pick, but I'm going to say Nebraska gets it together and covers the 13 and a half. They won by 49 last year. I think they can win by 14 this year. Man, 13 and a half is a lot. I, I'd uh, I, you almost convinced me, Pat, um, but I think I'm going to pick Northwestern. Give me the give me the uh, give me the points, and and I'll I'll take I'll take the Wildcats. For reasons I'm sure to regret, I'm picking the Huskers. <laughs> I have no idea why. Yeah. I'm already, I already hate the pick. <laughs> I do, too. I, I mean, I hate the pick. But we'll be watching that game like it's the damn college football playoff championship because it's football. Yeah, I, I don't like watching MLB, so there's nothing to watch. <laughs> and I can't watch NFL preseason. So I, it's just, I'm in just a tough spot right now. I'm in a tough spot in life. <laughs> So I need football, and I will consume this game with great excitement. <laughs> Absolutely. Wyo, go Wyo, go. At Illinois, I giving 11. Sneaky little game here. Mm, Ross? That is a sneaky game. It's, a lot, it's also a lot of points, too. Man, that's a tough one. I was, I was figured I would definitely pick Illinois. I didn't think the spread was going to be that high. Uh, give, me, give me the road dog to cover. Give me the road dog. I'm going to take another another dog here all right i'm taking the nye to cover i think they punish them wyoming only has eight starters back from last year according to phil Steele. four on offense four on defense and they weren't that good last year they they won they were seven and six so i am uh gambling that there's not a lot for craig bowl to rely on there and they're gonna get run over by the illini grounded pound brett uh, they're going to win and cover. I'm going Illinois. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wyoming right. had a ton of transfers. That's Everybody left. I know. I know. Everybody left. That's uh, so we, but we're, they, we're, they've been training at altitude. They're going to come down and breathe that heavy air. There you go. Champagne. I don't know. We're both right. laying double digits on teams that had losing records last year. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm yeah. picking with you. This is just. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you are leaving That's me out on the loan, man. <laughs> You're lone dogging it. Um, yep. All right. I will mention this game, but we're not picking it. We're only picking three. Uh, Nevada at New Mexico State. The return of Jerry Kill in New yeah. Mexico State. Probably the single best pound for pound hire in all of college football this year. He really might have been. Jerry yeah. Kill's a hell of a coach, and he took the worst team other than UMass in the whole country. <laughs> he was that desperate to be a head coach again. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely incredible hire, right? New Mexico State, they have Jerry Kill. They're going to get good. They're yeah. going to get respectable. I don't yeah. know how good you can be as an independent in Las Cruces, New Mexico, but we're going to find out. If I were New Mexico and UTEP, their you know, backyard uh, rivals there, I'd be worried. So, yeah, Soon to soon to be in Conference USA, right? Soon to be. Uh, yeah, they are getting in Conference they're, USA, they're whatever there. that right. entails. <laughs> 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 it's like really you want us oh wow that, things must be bad there. <laughs> what's wow. left of conference usa yeah. they were like 
picking up like high schools in North Carolina last time I checked or something. Charlotte Christian or something. They joined current Catholic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> proud history of Conference USA. Still there. Still exists. Conference DOA as it was referred to more than once. Conference MIA. Yeah. It's like the ask Jeeves of uh, <laughs> conference. Uh... <laughs> ah, hell, let's pick it. Nevada at New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico State, I'm sorry. New Mexico State is getting nine and a half. Wow. A nearly double-digit home dog. Uh, I guess anyone know anything about either team? Yeah. I mean, Nevada lost their coach, Jay Norvell up and left to go to, uh, Colorado state and replaced by it. Like that just feels like one of those comfort hires to me. Maybe it works out, but Ken Wilson, who has spent 19 years on Nevada staffs previously going all the way back to like the Chris Alt days. So that I, I'm not in love with the nostalgia comfort hire. They got two starters back on offense. Four on defense. Nevada is susceptible. They're vulnerable. Jerry Kill will cover. Aggies. What's the spread? 11? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah, give me Jerry Kill, too. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with that as well. 100%. I'm taking that. I mean, look at this record. I mean, great in one double A at Southern Illinois. Went 10 and three at Northern Illinois. Get two eight win seasons at Minnesota. The health issues got him, but other than that, yeah. yeah. Two and two last year, filling in a TCU. Jerry Kill, baby. Let's do this. All right. Then finally, we'll go with the uh, their their I-10 rivals. A big <laughs> <laughs> week zero we is big down there in the uh Rio Grande Valley of uh West Texas, uh, South uh South New Mexico. Uh North Texas is at UTEP. Down in the West Texas town of El Paso, home of the river they call the Rio Grande. Loyal forever. We're standing together onward to victory. Orange and blue. We will be true. <laughs> yeah. We got we to gotta indoctrinate Ross to, uh, to Wetzel's I'm, I'm a big minor fandom. fan. Oh, my Miners God. Miners are right? uh, at the Sun Bowl. Yeah. One of the greatest stadiums in all of college football. And they're getting one point. Ross, who you got? I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. it didn't he? I want to say the AD came out and said it sold out. Uh, or or plans to be sold out the Sun Bowl, an electric environment Saturday night down there. Give me the miners at home. I'm going to go with you. North Texas looked like they were absolutely headed towards a coaching change, um, and then Seth Luttrell kept his job. They won a bunch of games at the end last year. They won their last five to keep his job. Not you know that that's a nice little springboard, I suppose, into this season. But Dana Dimmel guy who also has been around a bit just did a very nice job last year with utep got his quarterback coming back gavin hardison so i'm rolling with the miners although i do enjoy picking against the miners when dan picks them which he probably will here but we, we might be tied to the hip joined at the hip here it's gonna be a party down at rose's cantina let's do it miners <laughs> start off one and oh i love it sold out sunbelt some bowl is it's it's incredible great stadium Great stadium. Tucked right is. in the mountain. No. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It is. Uh, All right, that, so we picked for, four for games. The, for the record, did you take New Mexico State and the points? I did. It's, okay. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm representing down there. All right. God, we're, be huge. We're, we all picked this. You and I picked the same four. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, terrible idea. Terrible yeah. idea. <laughs> really bad. History says not good. All right. That's, uh, that's pretty much our show, but I do want to give us one good piece of uh, exciting news as the season is about to start. Uh, chicken wing prices have fallen below the pre-pandemic levels. Wow. That is good news. Remember, we were worried about chicken wing shortages and getting priced out of chicken (laughs) wings. Well, just here on the eve of the season, prices per pound down to 168 in July. Best since 2018. Buffalo Wild Wings is trying. They have a half off traditional wings on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. They're trying wow. to, you know, because people are going with the chick, the boneless, which is just a chopped up chicken breast. Right now, no. That's... So fire up for the season. The chicken wing is affordable again. <laughs> That's huge. And I tell you, if, if Buffalo wing, Wild Wings is doing that all year, they should partner with the Mac for that Tuesday night match. And, you know, 
They should. If Tuesday night's the half-off night, then... Half-off traditional wings. There you go. Yeah, BW3s. And I did not get paid, nor did I get a free chicken wing out of this. I got (laughs) half-off the second order. We should. No, no, you got to order one. It's... You got to order, and then there's a half odd. Well, whatever. They're paying me. Whatever the thing is, go in there and harass them. I don't care what their sponsors. Jerks, go to Wingstop. Where the hell are you? I would say the three most important price price checks for college football fans would be gas, just dropping. Yep. Continues to drop. Chicken wings. Yep. And beer. Yeah. I think those would be the three things. So I don't, I don't beer know is going beer... up. I'm pretty sure, though. So. Yeah. Well, Bush Light's still there for you. <laughs> Let's go. Week zero. Play ball. Uh, we will not do an overreaction Sunday, Monday, whatever we do. Right. Uh, but we will be back uh, next week to get fired up for week one. So thank you for for uh, listening. Continue to subscribe. Tell your friends about us. The season is here. If you want to do the season right, you listen to our podcast every time. That's right. If you know a few dead people, subscribe them too. Yep. Let's go. Talk to you all later.